Um, question to start. Uh, if you got to choose which, uh, which disease or uh, medical condition uh, would you choose never to have, okay? So if, if you got to choose, wh which one scares you the most? Maybe we'll ask it a different way. Uh, if you think about, well, doctor comes in and tells you you've got this, which one would you dread hearing off of his lips the most? Anybody uh, have a favorite one that you say, cancer, yeah, yeah, I think... Uh, Almost all of us have people we love and care about who've heard those words. Uh, anyone else? What, what words would you say, uh, I, I don't want to hear the doctor say you've got this. Anybody? What do you, what do you think, Jerry? MS. Okay. That, that would be a tough one, you know, especially as it advances. Uh, kind of similar to that is Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. Uh, that's the one that I always name because uh, your brain keeps on functioning just fine, but everything else shuts down. So uh, that, that would be a challenge. Anybody else? Well, which one uh, uh, comes to your mind say, that, that, this is the bad medical, con this is the disease I really, really don't want to get. Uh, dementia, okay. Uh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, Alzheimer's. Uh-huh. Anybody else got one? I was thinking of uh, Ebola, just the things I've read about it. Uh, it doesn't sound uh, like, oh, Lord, keep it far away. If you lived in biblical times, if we were living back when Jesus was walking on earth, guess what the most dreaded disease? This, this is uh, uh, the Talmud where the rabbis collected their writings, the really smart. Uh, they said this was by far the most dreaded disease. It would be leprosy. It would be leprosy. Uh, leprosy in uh, biblical times was literally a death sentence, more than just that you were going to die, but you were going to be pulled out of society. You were going to be uh, told you can't live here anymore. You're going to have to go live in exile. Uh, it was deadly. It was incurable. The Talmud said this about... Leprosy. Curing leprosy was like raising someone from the dead. And then in quotes, impossible. Impossible. They'd never seen it. Anybody who had full-blown leprosy, nobody recovered from that. Now, thanks to modern medicine, this is one of those diseases that we don't talk about that much today because... Uh, They've been able to cure most people with leprosy today. Uh, less than 200,000 people, mostly in rural India, uh, still have leprosy. Whereas in the 1980s, uh, there were 5.2 million active cases still. So uh, that's one of those areas. This is one of those diseases that modern medicine has really done wonderful. Um, Old Testament had something to say about leprosy. And Rachel's going to put it up here on the wall. Uh, Leviticus 13 and 14 talks a lot about uh, eruptive skin diseases. Isn't that a nice term? Eruptive skin diseases. Uh, and the worst of those, the one that was dreaded the most, was leprosy. Here's what Leviticus 13 says. If you're found to have the worst one, leprosy, Anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes. Let their hair be unkept. 
cover the lower part of their face and cry out everywhere you go. Want to say it with me? Unclean! Unclean! It's really good for your self-worth, isn't it? Uh, Verse 46, as long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. Summary. If it's determined that you, biblical times, have leprosy, tear your clothes. Sign of mourning. Uh, You should be mourning because you just contracted the deadly one. Uh, Don't comb your hair. Don't style your hair. Uh, You're going to have permanent bed head. Uh, So everywhere you go, just think it's going to look bad. Uh, Cover, cover the lower part of your face. Why? When you sneeze, what are you supposed to do? Cover the lower part of your face, okay? Why? Because you don't want to spray everybody. Interesting, uh, it's been discovered now. How do you think leprosy is actually spread? It's uh, been discovered, it's through respiratory droplets that leprosy. So way back there in Leviticus, the Lord knew how it was spread. Cover your mouth everywhere you go. Don't spread it and shout unclean. And oh yes, stay away from your family, your friends. Stay out of the towns, the villages. Stay away from people. Uh, Dr. Paul Brand. Uh, I tell you that because in 1946, uh, he moved to India with his young wife And for the rest of his life, he dedicated his life to people with leprosy. Okay? Um, He wrote a book, Pain, uh, The Gift That Nobody Wants. And I tell you what, you want an interesting read? Look that one up. uh, You could probably find that used for a penny and just pay for shipping. Really a good read. But for a long time, they thought people with leprosy, for some reason... Fingers and toes and ears just fell off. Well, Dr. Paul Brand, after working, he was an orthopedic surgeon. He discovered that the things just didn't drop and rot off. Instead, people with leprosy uh, begin to lose sensation, and pretty soon they can't feel anything anymore. You tracking? So when you drink something too hot... Uh, normally, what would you do? Paul, we'd set it down and say, we're going to let it cool off. But if, if your tongue is numb, if your mouth is numb, you just keep drinking, and you're burning your lips, you're burning your tongue, you're burning your throat, now you got problems. Uh, you twist an ankle badly, you know, Sean? You know, usually you're going to put it up, you're going to wrap it, take it. But if you don't feel it, what do you do? You just keep walking on it. And pretty soon, a really bad twisted ankle turns into a limp. And after a while, you're walking really funny, and it's not good. Do you understand what was happening? Uh, You touch a pan that's smoking hot. uh, You don't feel it. You damage your fingers. Or um, one of the things they mentioned in a lot of the poor cultures, uh, you had little critters with you at night, uh, things like rats. And oftentimes they would come near people sleeping at night. Uh, and if they come near you and you can feel it, what do you do? You, you yell, you scream, you smack at them. But if you don't and you just lay there, sometimes the rat thinks it gets a free meal and it chews your ear off. Uh, it's things like that that are happening with people with leprosy. 
We're going to be in Luke chapter 17 today because Jesus is headed for Jerusalem. This is his last uh, trip because this time when he goes back, he's going to go to the cross and then we'll have the empty tomb. But they're ahead as he heads back to Jerusalem. They are walking uh, together, he and the disciples, and they're kind of in a remote area. They're in uh, uh, an area between Galilee and Jerusalem, and it's kind of like the dividing line. On this side is Samaria. Jews hated Samaritans. And then you had the, uh, the Galilean area on the other side. So there's a group of men, and they're traveling together, and the one thing they have in common, all ten of them, is... They're all lepers. They've all contracted leprosy. And then they spot Jesus. Okay? And I think these guys had heard about Jesus. I think they had heard about Jesus healing a woman crippled for 18 years. Luke chapter 13, 1, uh, 11 to 13. I think they'd heard about Jesus healing a demon-possessed boy that kept throwing himself in a fire. Remember that? Luke 9, 37 to 43. I think these 10 guys heard about Jesus feeding 5,000 people with five little cakes and two little fish in Luke chapter 9, verses 12 to 17. And I suspect, give me your eyes, I think they heard about Jesus raising Jairus' daughter from the dead and word had been spreading, Luke chapter 8, verses 40 to 56. And now if you're one of those 10 lepers... You're thinking, you know, if he can do all those miracles, maybe, just maybe, he would do something for us. Would you stand with me if you're able? Uh, we're going to read out loud together what happens when Jesus encounters ten outcasts from society. And these rejects have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Read with me, please. Now on his way to Jerusalem... Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And he was going into a village. Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you uh, that you have a heart. Your son, Jesus, has a heart for outcasts and rejects in this world. And Lord, that was true back in biblical New Testament times. It's still true today. It's a reminder to us here, Lord, that uh, no matter what the world around us thinks about us or says about us, we're grateful that your Son, our Savior, Jesus, cares. And Jesus listens, and he responds when we cry out to him. That brings us 
a whole lot of comfort. Lord, I know that there are some here this morning who are hurting. I know some are here today and they're feeling alone. Some are feeling pretty hopeless and helpless. Lord, uh, I have some of my friends here, they're overwhelmed with uh, what life is bringing them even right now. So Lord, I want to ask that you might give them the faith and the strength and the energy to keep crying out to you in their time of trouble. Lord, uh, give them grace that they need to meet them in their time of need. Uh, May the inspired words that you inspired Dr. Luke to write down for us, and may the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead be welcomed in your church here this morning. Speak, Lord. I want you to know, your church, we're, we're listening. And all the church at Walloon Lake said with one voice, you may be seated. I'm glad you came today. Thanks for not going south on us. Yeah, it's few of us, huh? The strong. Um, here's the picture. Ten men, all sentenced to a living death. Understand, it was a death sentence. When you had full-blown, not just a simple eruptive skin disease, but when you had full-blown leprosy, you died in these days. Okay? Uh, can't live near their families. Uh, can't go near any other people. Uh, matter of fact, Dr. Brand, when he first went back to India, um, he touched a man and he said, I just want you to know, I think we're going to do great things and the Lord's going to help. And the guy starts crying and he didn't even speak his language. And, and he, said, he said to the translator, why is he crying? Because you didn't even translate yet. And he said, because no one has touched him for 20 years. Okay, so now you understand what's going on. Uh, their clothes are ripped and torn, hairs dirty and washed and have good showers out in the middle of nowhere. Faces are covered, yelling unclean. They are the true rejects of society in this time. Samaritans wanted nothing to do with them. The Jews, no way, you're not here. Here's what the Old Testament says. They have been exiled to live as outcasts. And now they see Jesus. Okay, got the picture? And they see hope, and they are shouting at the top of their lungs to Jesus. They've got nothing to, they don't care what anybody thinks. They are going to shout they see that Jesus is their hope. They've already lost everything. So what what do we have to lose here? Let's let's let it rip. Maybe they heard back in Luke 5.13, Jesus had healed a man with leprosy. Maybe word had filtered back about that uh, event. So now they're thinking, well, we know he can do it because he's already done it. We heard about that. Here's, Here's what it says, verse 14. When Jesus saw them, saw the ten lepers, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. I I want you to go right now and show yourselves to the priests. Question is, why? Why does he say, uh, I want you to turn and walk two days, go to Jerusalem, go to the temple, Find the proper priest, the one who's uh, certifying eruptive skin diseases, 
and show them that you're healed. Why would he do that? Um, because Jesus wanted to meet the demands of the Old Testament law. Je Jesus is not against the Old Testament. He came to fulfill, not to destroy or abolish the old section uh, of his word, okay? So he's, he's trying to meet the demands of Leviticus 14, and the only way these ten men could re-enter society was by going to the temple in Jerusalem, and they needed to have the proper priest certified, hey, you're clean, you are cured, you have leprosy no longer. Now, can you picture these ten outcasts? Get it in your head right now. And now they come walking into Jerusalem, and they come into the temple courts, and everybody's looking. They've got the bad hair. They've got the ripped clothes. I I'm sure they haven't brushed their teeth in a while. Uh, it's, it's a mess, and they're thinking, who are these losers? And they've got a lot of nerve coming in here to the temple, and now they come, and they're not going to be denied. I don't think they cared what anybody thought about how they looked. They're going to request, hey, we want the priest who certifies eruptive skin disease. We need him right now. We want him to examine us right now. And, and when that priest says, uh, can't find any signs of leprosy. I, I can't find any signs of disease. Uh, you're clean. You're healed. Can you imagine those ten men as they ran out of the temple? Can you just imagine? Everybody's talking. Everybody is amazed because they've never heard of anybody having full-blown leprosy and now it's gone. They've never heard of anybody being healed from leprosy, and they're talking about Jesus, the Christ. He, he did it. You can't believe it. We've never heard. It's never happened before. But we want you to know it was Jesus, the Christ, who healed us. <laughs> uh, last part of verse 17 is interesting. He says, Go, show yourselves to the priests, and as they went, they were cleansed. Um, as they went, as they turned and started walking towards Jerusalem, they were healed. And they weren't healed and they weren't cleansed until they turned and started obeying and listening. But I'm sure if I was one of the ten, I'm turning and walking towards Jerusalem and I'm thinking, uh, hey guys, I think he just blew us off. I, 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 think, I think he just wanted to get rid of us and he wants us to take a long two-day walk and get away from him, okay? Well, even if that's what they were thinking, uh, they obeyed. Even if they were thinking he's blowing us off, they listened and they acted on Jesus' words. And look again, verse 14, And as they went, they were healed. They were cleansed of their leprosy. Can you hear the conversations? As they're walking and they realize Jesus just healed us. Hey, Mo, your, your face is clearing up. Uh, your top lip just grew back. Hey, Larry, your hand is moving. It's not just a stub anymore. Hey, Curly, you've been limping for 20 years. You're walking great. Again, I'm telling you, these guys are having fun 
as they're walking back and they can't believe it. I, I picture them jumping and shouting and maybe even doing uh, busting a move or two, okay? They might be doing the D word, right, Myron? Uh, they might even be dancing because, again, they haven't done anything fun in a long time, most of them. Why are they so excited? Because they get to go back home. Um, they get to hug their wives. They get to kiss their children. They can hold their grandbabies. They get to go back to work. They can go back to the temple. They can go back into town and just live a normal life again. They got their lives back, is the, is the point. The ten lepers get healed. Give me your eyes. But in order to get healed, they had to act. You tracking? They had to turn and go and believe and show faith before they were healed. And I think that's pretty important. They had to show faith by listening and turning and walking towards Jerusalem before they were healed. And here's my point. I'm convinced far too often we're far too passive when we pray to Jesus. Okay? Now these guys cried out to Jesus, but then they were willing to act in faith. But I think we're a little passive. Oh Lord, I need money. Please help me with my money. And, and are you going and looking for a job? No, Lord, just, just throw some money in my bank account. Amen. Or, uh, Lord, I need a godly wife. Uh, and, and I want a Jesus-loving wife, um, but I don't want to go to church. I don't want to fish where Jesus-loving pretty fish are. So you just bring magically a, a pretty woman who loves Jesus my way. Amen. Or here's my favorite one. Jesus, please help me lose weight. But no, I'm not willing to exercise and I'm not willing to eat right. Uh, just zap me skinny, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're praying, but we want to be passive. Jesus, you, you, just, you just do it. And I would point you back to the Old Testament. Remember the guy named Noah? And the Lord uh, shows up and says, hey, Noah, it's going to rain. You know, Noah says, what, what's rain? And he says, well, uh, droplets are going to fall from the sky, and, and pretty soon the whole earth will be flooded and filled with water. Um, and, and I'm sure, you know, Noah could have said, well, okay, Lord, thanks for the heads up. Speak the ark into existence. Amen. Right? Right? Just speak it. You can do it. You did the whole universe. You can speak me a little ark, right? What does the Lord say? Uh, Noah, get busy. <laughs> and and uh, you're going to build that ark, and it's going to take you 120 years before it starts raining. Uh, so, so get busy now. I'm not speaking it into existence. You need to act. Uh, there was this 17-year-old boy, and he just happens in 1 Samuel 17... He's bringing food for his older brothers and he hears this, this giant yelling and, and making fun of Jehovah God. Um, and he says, uh, why is no one stepping up to challenge this guy? And they're all afraid because this guy's a fighting machine. Uh, and, and David says, you know what? Um, Lord, I'm going to walk out there and as I walk out there, please smote him with a heart attack. Amen. And you just kill him dead instantly, and, and we'll cheer. Uh, give him a big seizure. Amen. 
Is that, is that what he did? Uh, he runs down and carefully selects five smooth stones, takes careful aim, uh, just like he had when he'd been watching the sheep and fighting bears and lions with his slingshot. What did he do? He struck the giant in his forehead, and he took off Big G's head then with his own sword. Do you see the activeness of their faith? They were believing. God, God was behind it all. But they were active in their faith. Trusting and praying to Jesus does not equal us doing nothing. And I think oftentimes when we're praying, Lord, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to be active. I don't want to do my part. You just zap it. You, you just make me skinny. You, you just do this amazing thing, but I, I don't want to do anything on my end. And, and I'm just telling you, at least here, that, that's not how it worked. The ten lepers cry out, Lord, give us mercy, bring us healing. But again, he did bring them healing, but they had to listen and obey and show activity and faith, and then they were healed. Let me give you an example for today. Ready? Um, 21, 22-year-old member of our church. Probably most of you have heard. Um, Warren Nelson, Chris and Sandy, owners of BC Pizza, they come here. Um, down practicing. He was in on motocross circuit. Um, and uh, anyway, bad accident, uh, paralyzed from the waist down. Okay? Now, here's the cool thing. They are praying, Lord, do something supernatural. Help Warren to be able to walk. But coupled with that, they found uh, the most aggressive uh, physical rehab place they could find. And now Warren is down there every single day working his tail off to get some feeling in his legs. And oh, by the way, keep praying because some good things are, are beginning to, to stimulate uh, in some places. Okay, But, but do you see that? praying, Lord, we're asking you to do great things, but I'm going to couple that with the very strongest, best action I can find. And, and you put that together, and, and that's usually how God works. Tracking? So, so this passive idea, I don't have to do anything. Lord, you just do it. Uh, and Jesus, I expect you to build my ark, and I expect you to zap my giants. No, no, Jesus is saying, uh, turn and go. I want you involved in this. Take a step of faith and then watch me work. Make sense? Okay. And here's where this incident gets very interesting. Okay? Verse 15. Verse 15. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. Verse 16. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Ten men are healed. How many come back? How many come back and say thank you? One. Uh, before he went to Jerusalem, before he ran and found the right priest to certify that he was clean, the one who really shouldn't have come back is the one who did come back. Interesting, because Samaritans to the Jews were traitors. They were half Jew, and they were half Assyrian, and they, were, they had interbred. They were forced to do so. 
Uh, so the Jews said, you're not allowed to worship in our temple because you're, you're a traitor, you're the wrong race, you're the wrong religion. So they started their own temple and their own Bible, so to speak, there in the area of Samaria. So the Jews hated the Samaritans. The implication, I think, is that the other nine were probably Jews, <laughs> or at least most of them. So, so the one that shouldn't have come back is the one who did come back, and the nine who should have known better, and the nine who should have come back and been grateful to the Messiah, um, those were the nine that got distracted, that forgot to say, thank you. So let's just pause. Um, why was this man so thankful? Okay, 15 and 16, look at it. Why was this Samaritan so appreciative? Let's just tick, I got five things. Jesus gave him his life back. He could go back to his family, his wife, his kids. He was no longer an outcast. He was no longer a reject. He was healed from an awful, disfiguring, deadly disease. And he couldn't believe that the Jewish Messiah cared about him. He couldn't believe that he cared about this outcast who was a non-Jew. So here's the other question. Why didn't the other nine come back? Think in your head. If you're one of the nine and now you're healed and you need to go to Jerusalem to get your life back, why do you suppose the other nine didn't come back and say thank you to Jesus? Let me give you some reasons. They were too busy hopping and skipping and running to Jerusalem uh, and enjoying their healed bodies. Uh, secondly, their focus was on getting their life back. That's all they were thinking about. I get my life back. I, I was sentenced, exiled, outcast. Uh, I think some of them were thinking about the hot shower that they were going to enjoy. Some were thinking about, I can't wait, my favorite meal, my mom, my wife. Uh, is going to cook for me. Can't wait to get clean clothes on. I can't wait to comb my hair. I, I can't wait to put some clothes on that aren't ripped. Isn't it wonderful? I don't have to yell and cover my mouth and yell unclean. They were overwhelmed with their brand new lives. Their focus was on the blessing, track with me, instead of the one who had blessed them. Their focus was on the blessing instead of the one who had given them their blessing. I wonder, I wonder if the same percentage of the thankful people to Jesus for what he does today is still about the same. Do you wonder? Is it still about 10%? Think with me. How often when you cry out to Jesus, Lord, would you do this? Would you do that? How many of us remember to run back and worship and praise and thank the Lord for His blessing? Or we're so caught up in the blessing that we forget to run back and thank and worship and adore the One who brought the blessing our ways. I, I suspect the percentage is about the same even today. Uh, Jesus then asks three 
questions. So let's look at the questions. Verse 17 and 18, here's his three questions to the disciples and to the Samaritan who's now down on his face in front of Jesus. Uh, uh, Were not all ten men cleansed? Were not all ten men healed? What's the answer? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Where are the other nine? Um, Gone. Uh, they're running off. They're headed toward Jerusalem, probably. Uh, is the only one who came back to praise God a foreigner? And the answer is, <laughs> yes, yes. And watch what happens next. Verse 19. This is, I would argue, the greater miracle, the greater, the more important. Then Jesus said to him, to the Samaritan, rise and go Your faith has made you well. Most commentators, and I could start listing off fancy guys, but most commentators agree. Jesus is saying, rise and go, your faith has saved you. Now think with me now. Uh, uh, His physical disease of leprosy has been healed, right? And now Jesus is saying, oh, and I want you to know that your spiritual disease of leprosy of the soul has been healed. You came and had a personal encounter with me. You came and had a personal uh, encounter and began a relationship with me. And look what he receives. He receives forgiveness and reconciliation with the Father and eternal life and removal of sin and removal of soul sickness, and removal of judgment. Telling you what, verse 19, that's, that's the more important long-term miracle. Seems that the major reason that Dr. Luke records this for us, give me your eyes. Dr. Luke, why, why did you record this? Because you wanted us to talk about leprosy? Uh, no, I think Dr. Luke recorded this because he wants to warn us of the danger of not being thankful. I think there's a danger if, if we're not grateful and uh, if we're not thankful and we just take everything for granted and, oh, Lord, gimme, 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 thank you for the good stuff as we turn and say, thanks, uh, I'll come back later and ask for more. I'll handle it from, from here. Isn't that the way we often behave? Oh, yeah, Lord, help, help, I, I need this. And then he comes through, and then we just turn and go, and we're on our merry way. Ingratitude is leprosy of the soul. You can write that down if you're taking notes. Ingratitude is leprosy of the soul. Um, when we're not grateful, it eats at our insides. When we're not thankful, it cripples our joy. Um, when we're not thankful, it withers our praise. It numbs our souls and our hearts. I'm telling you what, when we are thankless and ungrateful over time, that does bad things to followers of Jesus. It's leprosy of our hearts and our souls. I'm going to read quick succession some New Testament verses about thankfulness and gratitude. Listen, it's amazing how many there are. Uh, Colossians 3.17 And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. So that pretty much covers everything, right? Whatever you do 
everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him, through Jesus. In everything, give thanks to the Father, and you're doing it through Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where does our victory come from? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 2.14 But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of Him, of Christ, everywhere we go. Ephesians 5.20 Give thanks always and for everything. Let me say that again. Give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. Finally, 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 2. In the last days, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents. Anybody know what the next one is? Ungrateful. Ungrateful. Unholy is the next one. 2016, our culture, USA today, never have people who had so much, my opinion, have been so ungrateful. Never has there been a group of people who have so much and, and we're, we're, we're upset, not because we don't have anything, but I want that one more thing and I should get the next kind of iPhone and I should have the newest car. We have so much but never has there been people who are so ungrateful. I'm convinced that gratitude is an attitude that followers of Jesus Christ, we have to have that attitude. You want to live a victorious Christian life? You want to make a difference for Jesus? You want people to wake up? I'm just telling you, be thankful, be grateful, and speak it when it's coming your way. People listen to that because it's really rare. Almost nobody is thankful. Almost no one is appreciative. And if when we get blessed and when someone's nice or does something for us, we're thankful and grateful, I'm telling you, it, it shines Jesus wonderfully. And here's the truth. For most of us, it doesn't come easily. Most of us are going to have to work at it. If we want to be grateful people, for most of us, I'm going to have to make an effort to be that one in ten. I'm going to have to make an effort to thank the people around me when I'm appreciative. And, and first of all, i got to get it on my brain. I should be appreciative. And then actually say it. And when the Lord answers and when the Lord does good stuff, Lord, thank you. I worship you. I'm so blessed. Because you know what, everybody? Look at me. We are so blessed. Every one of us here, we are multi-billionaires in and through Jesus Christ. Every one of us. And yet we take it so for granted, huh? <laughs> uh, but I wanted this, Lord. Come on, give me, give me this thing too. And, and, and I'd like that one too. And then when He does give it to us oftentimes, that's grace. Uh, thanks. I'll be back to ask for more stuff later. I'll handle it from here. There's an old hymn called Count Your Blessings. How many of you are familiar with Count Your Blessings? Okay. Count your blessings, name them. How are you supposed to name them? One by one. 
count your blessings, see what God has done. Yeah, we won't go any further because it gets higher. Okay. Here's, here's, here's what I want a couple of you to do. I want you to think, what blessing do you have today to be grateful for? Aaron, we're going to turn this on. I want to hear from a couple of you because I think we need to hear each other. Be thankful and be grateful for uh, all the numerous multi-billionaire blessings that you have, that I have to be thankful for. Anybody? Uh, I, I know it's a big step to talk into a microphone for some of you. But Jeff, would you uh, share? What, what are you grateful for this morning? What, what are you uh, uh, ready to tell all of us? Um, I'm grateful to the Lord for this. What is it? I'm grateful. For nice and close. To the Lord for my wonderful wife and how she's always behind me, Amen. always positive. Amen. Isn't it, isn't it great that he gives us family, family who loves us for free? And they even know us too, Jeff. Think about it. They know us. They know all the, the bad stuff and they know all the goofy stuff and, and they still love us. Good. Grateful for family. Uh, someone else have something different that you're saying, you know what? I'm grateful. I'm, I'm thankful. Ooh, right over here. We've got a, a Vicky or a Gordy. I'm really thankful. My father passed away not that long ago, and um, my mom, we almost lost my mom the same day. And speaking of thanking, uh, thank, being thankful for family, I'm thankful for this church. A lot of people here um, that maybe I didn't get back with you, but I want you all to know how much it blessed me that you called in prayers. Um, it gave me strength through it all. Nice. It was really a difficult time. Nice. And I just want you, I love you all. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then Gordy had some issues going on, and yeah. that wasn't fun after right after that. Go ahead, Gordy. This is the Gordy and Vicki Etheridge. Uh, Pastor Jeff was talking about uh, diseases and things that we don't really uh, care to have in our lives. Um uh, my gratitude is each and every day when my eyes open. First thing I do is thank God that I'm able to open my eyes. Because the night before, I always pray His will be done. And if it be His will, my eyes would open in the morning. And I promise to always thank Him for that. And I'll tell you the reasons why. I could go on a very long time, but I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> I am a major cardiac patient, and I have been for 20 years. I have almost died six different times and have had uh, many procedures uh, to do with my heart. And on top of that, my mother's side of the family, including all of her siblings, have died from Alzheimer's. I'm grateful that I have still have most of my mind. Um, Is that true, Vicky? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't say all my mind. It's most of it. But, yeah. Um, okay, we're going to give somebody else true. a chance, but, but you are thankful for health. Yeah, and, and that you're vertical. Now, here's what I want you to do. I know some of you won't like this, but um, I'm going to ask you anyway. I want you to turn to the person to your left or your right. I want you to give them two reasons why you're thankful here this morning. Go. Why are you thankful? Why are you grateful? What do you have that you're being blessed today with? 
tell somebody. Go ahead, Paul. I hope today as you leave, here, here's my prayer for you and my prayer for me. Let's say, Lord, this next week, would you help us to remember how blessed we are? And when little blessings come our way, let's acknowledge them. Let's tell Lord, thanks. And let's appreciate the people who are serving and taking good care of us and, and, and serving us in so many different ways. Let's be a people who are full of gratitude and thankfulness. Bow your head, shut your eyes as we close. Lord, thank you for uh, the example that we just got to read about of uh, one man who really shouldn't have been the one who was thankful, and yet he was. Thank you for his example. Thank you for getting Dr. Luke to record it for us. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us of the countless blessings that you shower on us. And Lord, would you please forgive us for being so often an ungrateful people and taking your riches for granted. Uh, I, I pray that this next week as we go out, as people watch us and listen to us, that Lord, we'll be uh, carriers of thankfulness and gratitude. May, may people see Jesus in us when they see that attitude of gratitude. And... Uh, Lord, I pray again for those who are struggling. I know for some it's hard to be appreciative when there's pain and trouble in the air. Um, Lord, help us to hold on tight to you even during the hard times. Um, thank you for the church family here at Walloon. I pray for your blessing on each of them. Uh, thank you for your indescribable gift of your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray these things. Amen.